JR. It's Cold Water. And you're here on In the Middle. Uh, today we don't have Shakes with us. He is not here. Let's he's, just say that. Yeah, he's... Uh... He's not earning his paycheck today. <laughs> well, maybe we should start paying him. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should. Maybe we should. Uh, but we wanted to start with quote, um, as usual. Um, this quote is from John Quinton. Um, he was a flight lieutenant for the British. Um, but yeah, the, the quote is, politicians are people who, when they see light at the end of the tunnel, they go out and buy more tunnel. And I thought that quote was actually really, really appropriate. I just got goosebumps, man. Uh... That is so simple and so profound, dude. Well, and I thought when you consider the endless plight and fight that the Democrats have against insert whatever ism you want to put, <laughs> um, and uh, and not to minimize some of those fights, I'm not saying sure. all of them are trivial. I'm just saying all the isms. It it, it seems endless. Yeah, it's it's it does. always endless. Like you you're never. Overcome the the fight against racism, or you've never overcome the fight against sexism, yeah. even though all the benchmark stuff is, things have been made in terms yeah. of like women being able to be in the workforce and just do pretty much every job that a man's able to do. Yeah, and hey, dude, ladies and, ask for equal rights, and now they can get drafted in the military. Well, I'm just, and I'm not saying. Or minimizing a lot well, of the double standards yeah, that, no, that do still bad, exist. But I'm, I, like I really wasn't trying to sound like a, a sarcastic jerk there. No, like, seriously. No. Like they fought for a long time, and now, like, absolutely, they can be drafted in the in the military, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I don't, I'm not a really big believer in the draft, but like that's it's pretty equal right there. Well, you know? and, and not not just that, but. Women are able to do a lot of the jobs that men yeah. traditionally would not let women do. And they got their voting rights. They got all of those things. And it was wrong that we denied those things in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. But my point is that we've made a lot of progress. Yeah, for sure. And when you talk about the endless fight against some of these things, instead of actually fighting the things that we have problems with it, it seems kind of interesting and, and the republicans are, are no different in that but i just i thought it was i thought it was a very appropriate quote dude uh well you you know why all the fights are endless right because if you win the fight you don't need that person anymore well and yeah absolutely you you created dependence yeah. upon whatever you're selling so uh, whatever it is you need, I have the answer. And don't get me wrong. I, I think some of these people, most of these people, go in with good intent. But I think along the way, because of the way our system is set up and, and functions, it's, it's not only possible, but it's probable that they get corrupted and yeah. Yeah. Uh, bought off. So that's that's how you get that endless fight. That's how you get that endless battle against the mysterious uh, enemy of the the American people, whether that be weapons of mass destruction, quote unquote, or yeah. whether it be you know uh, the migrant camps at the border, or that be COVID. you know 
COVID or whatever it is. Yeah, you COVID's know. an invisible enemy, man. Absolutely. And uh, my uncle had sent me a political cartoon. Had uh, Tom Brady, like 40 years from now or something like that, you know, winning his however many Super Bowl. And on the side it said, uh, Democrats try for the 124th time to impeach the president, but it's uh, the legality of what's questionable because he died in 2032. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, man. So, like, uh, and on that, um, called the impeachment, right? You know, it's... Yeah. Good arguments or not, I knew it wasn't going to happen. They didn't, they didn't convict on him. How much did it cost this time? Do you do you know? I don't know. I can, uh, I can look it up though. I mean, because the first one costs like what twenty to eighty somewhere around there. I don't know. I don't understand why it's so much money to impeach a president. Because I know the Republicans back in the nineties spent millions on impeaching Clinton too. So. Uh, so here this says um, the first one in January 2020 cost 1.83 million okay and uh, another estimate put it at 3.06 million Um, according to CNN as credible as they are the probe into Clinton cost taxpayers 80 million in 1994 um Yahoo says the first one cost eleven point five million, so there's quite a quite a difference. Well, I don't um, know if you remember like the golden toilet seats and golden hammers, you know, back in the day mm-hmm. when uh, the military budgets came out and whatnot. So we'll say anywhere from one million to twenty million is probably fair. On mm-hmm. on the first one. Probably another somewhere between one to twenty million this time. Mm-hmm. And though this one was shorter, so likely it was less money. Sure, sure, but not to minimize it. No, no, definitely, it's still seven figures though. Mm-hmm. Like it could even be at the low end, and that still seems absurd to me. Like, don't no. we already pay these people to do this kind of stuff, anyways? Yeah. Like, I don't understand the extra cost. Uh, they're already in session. I'm not. I'm not sure if it costs extra. <laughs> I. I think that's just the actual cost of doing that versus other things. Oh, okay. It, at least that was my impression of it. I could be completely wrong, but I, yeah, it's, like I mean, it's either it's, way, we're yeah. paying a lot of money for things that they all know and we all know that that aren't going to happen. Yeah. And well, and look, man, uh. 74 to 76 million people voted for Donald Trump. Like, those people aren't going anywhere. And I know Mitch uh, McConnell's... uh, I saw it all over my social media. Uh, You know, people were quoting what Mitch said about... uh, Something along the lines of... Like, impeachment was the right thing, but uh, we voted against it because the other members of the party weren't going to get behind it or whatever. And if you have 74 million people that vote for Donald Trump, right? Those are 
presumably mostly Republican voters. You have some <coughs> other people, but that's, you know, that aren't Republican voters, but that's the, the small, very small minority of people who voted for Donald Trump. Most of them are, a lot of them are, you know, pretty red. So it would make sense to me that the, I believe it was seven, seven Republicans out of 48 now, 50. Something um, like that, yeah. 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 <laughs> I know the last time we checked, it was it was pretty much like a 50-50 split. With, yeah, it uh, is 50-50. Seven Republicans voted for it, and the but rest it makes voted sense against. that the other 47 weren't going to because that's not what their constituents wanted. Well, no, they voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. So, you know, the calculus for them doesn't make sense. I and think the 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 best thing the Republican Party could do right now as a whole is get rid of McConnell. Like, I don't know what the process would be inter-party or intra-party on removing him. You know, I know we we talked about it before and it's... (coughs) It's not like it's decided within that private entity of the Republican National Committee, but... Mitch has to go. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like Mitch McConnell, but even aside for the reasons why I don't like Mitch McConnell, I think moving forward, if the Republicans want to stay a party, which, to be honest with you, I I think they're going to fall apart. I think they're really going to be done in the next four years, maybe eight. But I I think we're going to see total collapse of the Republican Party and I think if they wanted to prevent that, which I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing if they wanted to prevent it, but if they did want to prevent it, I think the first step would be getting rid of Mitch McConnell. Quit letting him be their speaker in the Senate. Oh, no, for sure. And you need somebody more charismatic and likable like a Paul Ryan or somebody like that. Yeah. Younger face, less baggage, and... Yep. You know, has a cleaner voting record and could actually pull the Republicans to the left on some social issues that probably should be they should be pushed well, left on. We can't have one party rule. Like no, that, of course that, not. That's going to be. <clears throat> I know a lot of people are like they really a lot of lefties really view the Democratic Party, even though they talk shit about them. They love the Democratic Party, and they mm-hmm. think they're going to be the savior. Now, you can say the same thing about Republicans, mm-hmm. <laughs> but a lot of Republicans understand that you want to have balance in there. And I'm sure a lot of Democrats do, too, but I guess from, and it might just be anecdotal evidence that I can mm-hmm. offer you, <laughs> but on, like, my Twitter, on my uh, Facebook, you know, people are really like, oh, yeah, we want the Democrats for everything, and it's like, mm, guys... Like, one-party rule hasn't, historically speaking, in any place in the world, been very good. Yeah. Well, and I think to be devil's advocate, some of these people, a lot of these people, and I understand where they're coming from, because these are the reasons why I would never subscribe to the the Republican Party, and mostly for the same reasons on the Democrat side, too. Because up until... 2000 what 13 2012 is when they ruled on you know uh gay people 
being able to marry. Oh, that was 15, bro. 15? So yep. it, it, it was recent. Mm-hmm. And so it's like neither of these parties necessarily wanted this. Not until Biden was against gay marriage so, until 2015. Like even when Obama was first first nominated, like yep. he didn't really want to touch the issue. Yeah. So uh, to me it's like, you know, issues like that I just think are – they're they're no brainers. I mean, you just let people do what they want. It's it's really not yeah that hard or complicated. <laughs> well, so, and you know, I'm wearing the taxation and stuff shirt. You know, model of the Libertarian Party. Mm-hmm. And look, man, I'm not saying that the Libertarian Party should be in charge because they just they always have bad candidates, man. So I don't I don't really see the Libertarian Party ever becoming a prominent party you know but I do think they're right in what you just said let people do what they want to oh well and and there there are a lot of ways that you and I definitely could agree that <coughs> some of the those ideas don't necessarily work on a scalable scale or you know a high scale or whatever yeah um, we but need that's s- with any any well, yeah, you don't want a big central government out of one location. You can have a bunch of small governments, you know, mm-hmm. like we have the different states. And I think we need to get back to that. And, you know, if again, I'll, I'll say it, if California doesn't like what Alabama's doing, who cares? No, for don't sure. Don't trade with Alabama then. Right. It's really that simple, you know. And, uh, it's just, it's too big. Uh, Again, I think like a lot of the stuff we talk about with the flaws within the government and the people within the government, Mm -hmm. it's because it's too big. Well, (laughs) see, I think there are certain justifications that are valid in certain areas of the government having a big footprint. Yeah. Um, Military expenditure. Yeah, dude, uh, I, I really don't want to be speaking Chinese or German or uh, Korean, you know? Like, not that there's anything wrong with those people, but it makes sense to have a big military. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to spend millions of dollars blowing stuff up with these Tomahawk cruise missiles. No, 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 no. But it does make sense that you would have high-tech weaponry, right? Yeah. And it does make sense for everybody in this land to be using the same currency, right? Absolutely. They have, I don't know how many countries there are in the European Union, but they all use the same currency for the most part. There's a couple countries like Poland uses the Zloty. I think... Some of the smaller Eastern European countries largely use their own currency. Well, but doesn't uh, Great Britain use the euro, or the pound? Yeah, well, they're completely yeah. They never switched over to the euro. Like they would accept the euro, but like they they officially did business in pounds, and then they're not even in the European Union anymore. Right. But everybody else, aside from those countries, they use the euro, and. If you're going to have a big alliance like that, 
should be able to use currency and like the United States is supposed to be something similar to the European Union where it's an alliance of states. Mm -hmm. So stuff that's going to keep us safe, regulating how we're, uh, our currency. um, And I think, you know, having a unified transportation system is advantageous just for national security Mm -hmm. reasons. Um, Yeah, there are, there are benefits of having a big government, but they don't have to like, they're not good micromanagers. No. And, and that's, I mean, when you think down to the human nature aspect of how we work, none of us do well under micromanagers. None of us. It's been well documented that that, that management style is not great for people. Yeah. It's like, the only one that's worse than that is the total opposite of that, like the super laissez-faire yep. supervisor that only comes in and yells at you when you do something wrong. Yep. Like, that's not good either. Yep, exactly. So those are like the two worst management styles, and when you talk about you know government, that's what the government is supposed to be doing is managing resources. That's a good government manages the resources that it's given well. Yeah. And it, it, like it's a referee, kind of. Uh, sure. I, I look at like the government needing to be the referee and stuff. Absolutely. Well, and that's you and I have talked about function of government, and I've always figured that the government as a a, a tool mm-hmm. to uh, shield and protect the American citizen from the worst aspects of the free market. So, when you talk about exploitation of human beings, or yeah. you talk about, you know, you I know you and I differ on how we would approach the pollution issue, but mm-hmm. I think pollution and, yeah. and you know, uh, mitigation of uh, contamination of our water, air, all of those yeah, things. Yeah, no, they, they need to be there to, all right, you and I don't have time to pay attention to every little detail. Right. Stuff like that, yeah. The government should absolutely be making sure it's not getting polluted. Right. and But, like, these functions, that's what I think the government's there for. It's not to dictate the everyday choice of the, the average American citizen. You don't... I don't think... Uh, see, America is all about choices, right? Mm-hmm. And you can decide to be the ideal. And I understand that it's we haven't achieved uh, equality of opportunity. But that's the idea, mm-hmm. right? Is And my hopes for the United States is that we achieve that ideal of Everybody has the opportunity to be whatever they strive want to strive yeah, to be. Definitely, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't matter if you're born whatever color, wherever, whatever socioeconomic uh, environment you're born into, you have the tools and opportunities around you to yeah, to dude. maneuver about to where you'd like to go as a human yeah, being. Yeah, that's that's definitely the goal in quote-unquote American dream. You know, I think a lot of people get mad (laughs) 
about the American dream and they trash talk it. Oh, well, that's a consumeristic thing. Well, no. The white picket fence thing, yeah. It's absolutely somebody trying to sell you something. Yeah. But it's the opportunity to advance your station in life. Yes. Is what the American dream is. You know, I don't ever want a white picket fence. Right. Yeah. Like, my goal is to own a lot of land covered by trees. Sure. You know, and then like in the middle of the land, put like a house. Absolutely. You know? And and everybody's vision of that is different. <laughs> Some people want to live in the city. Some people want to live out and have, yeah. you know, a little distance between them and some other people and have a lot of land and, you know, maybe some animals. Like that's, that's what it's about though, is mm-hmm. having the opportunity to do either one of those yeah, things. Yeah, you, you have that choice. Exactly. If you want to and, live in the city, live in the city. And I think, you know, the government should be there as a function to enhance and mitigate the uh the negative impacts or the lack of opportunities in certain areas or whatever yeah. like that that's the function of government that's it not to limit or eliminate opportunity or choice in anybody's life or uh anybody's station and i think the government regularly uh fails to do that of course but i th- you know when we talk about what the government should strive to be in my that's, opinion that's yeah. that's what it should be uh, because i think any reasonable person if the government was that like okay yeah if i have to pay this amount of money okay so like I'll, I'll pay this amount of money every year and this is what i get in return i get protection i get an advocate for, you know, my, you know, well-being in terms of air quality, water quality, and quality of life, and that's it. Yeah. No, I, I don't have a disagreement to that, man. Like, I, absolutely. I mean, (laughs) you know, uh, and, and when we talk about human nature, because this is where, you know, because I, I was talking to a buddy recently, and to anybody who doesn't know about Boulder, see Boulder, Colorado is a interesting place. And in my buddy here, he's he's uh, he's in his forties, and I work with him. And he was telling me about the situation in Boulder where you can't go outside and smoke a cigarette in public. That's that's a law there. You can't do that. You can't cut down a tree. You have to get a permit from the, the, the county, I believe, is what he said, to cut down a tree. And they have to come and you have to tell them, like, what kind of tree it is, why you need to cut it down, and they can tell you no, even if it's on your own property. And, like, say you went and you, you smoked a cigarette on your balcony or on your back porch. If that smell went into somebody else's yard, like, they could call the cops on you and you could get a citation for that so these are just some of the things that boulder has a a sugar tax i believe a separate sugar tax itself they have a separate separate one and it's just like certain things like that it's like i don't know if i agree with all those things 
Like, how can you? Don't how can there. you dictate? No, no, I know that. No, that's, I, what, and, and that's what I'm saying. And like, I'm, not, I would never I live there for that. Looking, telling me all these things, when we're both looking at each other, like, mm, no, dude, not for me. Yeah, like, because like, <sighs> if I'm on my own property, I want to be able to dictate for the most part what I do. Yeah, it's your property. Right. I, 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 it's my property. I get to, I get to say. Yeah. And I feel like that is everybody's right. You pay the money for that. If you worked for that and you got that yourself, you have the opportunity to say yes or no on your own land. That's my opinion. To, to an extent. Like you can't be out here to get a permit. Man. Yeah, That's no. Wild, it's, it is wild. And and their whole idea is protecting the environment. But okay, if I could I could make a compromise with that. I could say, well, all right. I'll I'll get with you when I'm about to cut down this tree. You eat, you get, mail me a seed, a tree seed, and I'll go plant it somewhere. And then that way it mitigates, you know, it's not a perfect solution, but or maybe mail me too, you know? Sure. Like, I, I mean. Yeah. I, I don't like, like, I still have a problem with it, but at least the, like that's better than just saying you're going to do this or pay, pay. Well, like, yeah, and that's. See, that's what it's about. Is it's it's about paying. Like we, dude, this country was started over a, a tax stamp, man. Like on tea, on uh, some other paper products, some sugar. Like now we're gonna tell people that if you want to cut down a tree, you gotta pay the city money. That's all that's about, dude. That's a nobody in the right mind that actually is thinking logically about that is gonna say that that's not a money grab from the city. Like, how many trees are cut down to build a house? Is it a brick house, wood house? We talking about out here in Boulder? There's probably both, right? Oh yeah. Uh. <laughs> I don't know, man. Boulder, like, I've known for years. I have no interest of going to Boulder, living in Boulder. Like, Boulder could be one of the coolest places in the world, and I would never know. They banned uh, pistol grips on rifles. Oh, really? Yeah. So I won't. That is not on the list of places that I ever care to go to. You know what I mean? No, I got you. Well, and I but just gave my, you four more other reasons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, again, it's my choice not to go there. Right. You know what I mean? And the people who live there that are willing to uh, go get a permit to cut down a tree on their, their own property, smoke a cigarette on their own property, uh, I guess good for them. Like... I don't want to just blanket say the people in Boulder are stupid, but, like, if you want to live there and you want to let your local government dictate these things, it's not for me, but you have that choice as an American. That's freedom, baby, you know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> my mind's blown right now. Like, what? Really? Yeah. Dude, my, uh, so my grandma expanded her deck. On uh, Algoma Township, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, uh, so she didn't file a permit 
capitalist city or anything, right? Because it's the middle freaking nowhere. And, uh, dude, city inspector came and said, I, I noticed you have a deck, uh, you added onto your deck and you didn't pull a permit for that. Either take it down or seems how it's already up. You file for a permit and give us money and you can keep it. You know how they found out about hmm. that deck? Google Maps. What? Yeah. Yep. They had photos of her deck from like 2007, 2008. Photos of her deck from, I think this happened in like 17 or 18. Yeah. Local municipalities are, I don't know if they're doing it here. This is obviously back in the mid, but, uh, yeah, dude, they're using Google Maps. Wild. Yeah. Like, I was upset. My grandma, well, she was upset, too. You know, so I'm calling her. I'm picking her brain. I'm looking stuff up. It'll cost way more money to hire an attorney and fight this, right? Yeah, of course. I really wanted to. Oh, absolutely. Like, I really wanted to get her That's a lawyer. That's I wasn't, bro. I wasn't financially uh, able to get my grandma a lawyer. But if I would have been able to... Dude... That's awful. Google Maps, bro. Satellites. How is that even legal? Because it's an open source program, but that's not. Like, I don't think the government should be able to say whether or not you can extend your decker. Yeah. Like, what? why can't I? Just because you say? Somebody could get hurt? Okay. Sue me. I think that's why we should all have... Homeowner's insurance. Isn't that what we're supposed to have it for anyways? Like, like, aren't you supposed to have that anyways? Yeah. No, you definitely are. When I was trying to buy a house, that was, dude, that was built into the loan. Yeah. You have to have it. They gave me a choice of like four companies to use that they would like, not like, oh, we think you should use these companies. Go find, no, like these are four companies we'll accept if you... If you don't go through one of these four companies, we're not going to give you the loan. Yes. And it was built into the, to the, the loan, loan payment. Contract, yeah. So, yeah. So if you build a bad deck, somebody gets hurt, that's, that's what the insurance is for specifically. But insurance companies lobby the government. So that way they don't have, they can get out of paying stuff. Mm, gotcha. You know what I mean? Like if you really think about it, it's not beneficial for a for-profit insurance company to have to pay money out on stuff. No, it's not. Like I don't think it's right, but they are a for-profit company, so. That end makes sense. I mean, that's why I despise insurance companies. Just like, look, man, you're, the whole premise of me having this is for you to pay out when something happens. That's it. Well, and that's what I think, again, like when we talk about the tool of the government, government should be able to say, like, no, no, you're going to pay. You know what I'm saying? I know, but it's hard when the insurance companies have the money to lobby. Right. No, I know. I know. You know, I 100% agree with you 
that the government shouldn't be able to tell you you can extend your deck. But the, the only reason the government's telling you is because an insurance company or a lobbyist for an insurance company lobbied for that to become law. No, you know, like absolutely. Or, like, uh, it's Excel Energy out here, back in Michigan, it's consumers. They basically have a monopoly on power lines. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not saying every Tom, Dick, and Harry should be out laying power lines, right? That That's inherently probably not a good idea. But consumers wasn't the best company. They just spent the most on lobbying. That's how they got the contracts with the cities and the states. Right. You know? And so it goes back to the... When a politician gets to the light at the tunnel, they buy more tunnel. Yeah, exactly. You know, oh, I bet you with some of these new regulations and stuff that they pass, or some of the newer laws they've passed out in Boulder... Those have created a couple jobs for people. Oh, sure. You know, those uh, those definitely gave job security, at the very least, to the people who had those positions. No, for sure. Absolutely. So that that in and of itself is self-serving, man. And you as an entity... <laughs> entity, I'm sorry. You as an entity... Uh, you're not going to go against what's best for you. Right. And what did we say earlier? Who's the government run by, man? People. Absolutely. So. Well, I did want to tell, talk a little bit about uh, the WHO. Uh, that CNN article I was telling you about. The WHO finding that the Wuhan... Um, hold on, let me pull up the actual yeah, article. Um, it says, uh, WHO Wuhan mission finds possible signs of wider original outbreak in 2019, including establishing for the first time that there were over, over a dozen strains of the virus in Wuhan already in December 2019. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what really um, grinds my gears about that is... Everybody was crying and screaming bloody murder because Trump wanted to get us out of the who. Okay. One, why are we funding the who? And two, if we're funding the who, why are they coming out and telling us this now? Right. Like, you said, duh. Because we all knew that. You and I had already (laughs) talked about, I felt like I had it way back yeah dude I'm pretty sure I had corona in like at the end of 2019 dude almost positive it really did it went through the office man like three or four for like an entire month it was like who's gonna be out next yeah you know and unfortunately should you stay home if you're not feeling good absolutely you should stay home yeah but you're talking late December? Well, or not early, or late, late November, early December, so there's not the vacation time. So I, I hope what comes out of this is, like, better sick policies. Absolutely. 
Because we all, <laughs> as a country, need to understand that if we're sick, we don't need to be around people. Yeah, stay like, home, man. The culture, the culture around being sick and not going or not staying away from other people is a bad culture to have. And we all, as a country, need to give more sick leave so that people can go and take time off. Yeah. And look, man, I don't know how it, if you Maybe obviously get a doctor's note. I am totally fine. If you're going to be out for a week, you have to have a doctor's note to val- validate it. Look, man, it, you know, if we're going that route, that's fine. You subsidize it from the government and if you need to, because if the small businesses can't pay for that, sure, I'm fine with that. But I agree with you. If, if that's how you have to do that, we we need to, as a country, understand that we, we can't just go out and hang out with people and be sick. And, like, that does – we have learned that. Yeah. And, like, I have, honestly, a whole new perspective because I was raised on a culture of, no, just keep work. going to work. And I was just thinking about that, like, how I feel like, in hindsight, I had it. And I remember being so sick and just – going out and doing whatever yeah. and it at this time it seems like wow like how irresponsible yeah. how dare you yeah. you left your like, house honest, well, it's crazy how a year can change things yeah no for it, sure like look man i know you and i got to a great debate if you will yeah what the episode of the podcast was called uh great name by the way i never never said anything about it but mm-hmm. that that was a really i really did like that title uh but I'm not a COVID denier, bro. Like, yeah. a lot of people have died from COVID. Yeah. Stay home if you're sick. You should probably wash your hands regularly. Oh, like, absolutely. And not probably. I mean, wash your hands, people. Yeah. If you're, if you got a cough, cough into your arm. If you got a bad enough cough, you probably shouldn't be leaving the house. Absolutely. Have some chicken noodle soup. Get a bottle of Verner's or... Verners, I mean, there's weirdos that drink like Canada Dry and stuff, but <laughs> being a Michigan boy, I'm pretty sure there's nothing that Verners can't cure. Whatever homemade remedy you have to make yourself feel better, stay home and do it, dude. Don't. It's yeah. it's really not worth making the rest of the office sick, other people sick. You know, it it took you. I was out for about a week because I'm a pretty heavy – and I was smoking a lot at the time too. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so it was, it was like a, a good week that I was I was down for the count, man. Was yeah. was not too hot. But other than like smoking a lot and – well, I'm a pretty unhealthy individual mostly. But uh, <laughs> especially at that time. And it took me a week, you know, and I, it, it was nasty. It wasn't just like a regular cold it or flu. It, so, look, man, I get sick about once a year, you know, like just. Yeah, that was nasty. Yeah. Like when I had it, it was nasty. Like, and I don't know for sure if that's what I had, but I'm pretty sure that's what I had based on what they say the symptoms were. Because it doesn't make sense that I haven't had it yet. Like, because 
I should have had it. I by should now. have had it like six times by now. Just coming into contact with people, and then a couple days later, like I didn't really go out and do much last year, anyways. So anytime oh, somebody's like, "Just to let you know, I might have the Rona." Okay, cool. Like, yeah, I'll let no. you know if I feel sick. You I, know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I haven't really been sick at all. Like, I just really haven't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know I cough quite a bit, but that's. It's a bad smoker's cough. I'm, <laughs> I've been smoking for like 20 years now almost, which is nuts. I'm getting old. I'll be 32 here. Not that that's super old, but just to think about like, man, I was right around like 12 years old when I started smoking six. Obviously, I wasn't smoking a pack of cigarettes when I was a day when I was 12, but it's right. uh, a long time to smoke. Yeah. So like my lungs aren't great by any means but uh, so other than the normal smoker's cough though yeah I haven't really been too sick at all for 2020 yeah and I I'm pretty sure like I'm almost positive I had corona now I don't go to the doctor very often I didn't go to the doctor then I uh Jack Daniels apple cider whisk uh apple cider vinegar and some honey and a shot of NyQuil. Hmm. And that was, uh, quote-unquote, my miracle remedy. Though, if it was a miracle, I wouldn't have been so sick for, you know, a week, week and a half. And <laughs> <laughs> I think it made me feel better when I got home. But, yeah, man, I really do hope that we do have better sick policies and... I get what I, I guess what frustrates me is when I, you know, people get so scared or got so scared and it was a scary time and it still is a scary time, but just quick rash, you know, decisions coming out of stuff. And it's like, stop being so afraid and think about it for just a second. You know, and if it, like when we were talking about the masks, and the, the shutting everything down, the social distancing, like, okay, but we don't really know if that helped or didn't help. We still had, what, we're 400, probably closer to 500,000 people well, dead now. Here's what I look at California. California had probably the strictest lockdown in New York, right? Probably had the strictest lockdowns in Michigan. Yeah. There's like a four-way tie with Illinois, too. So, but when you think about all those places, those were the worst hit places. And I know, like, there's a... Obviously, if it's harder hit, they're going to try and do stricter things. But those stricter things, how much did they work then if you're the hardest hit places right well that and like if you look at so i'm gonna go into some less populated areas first but wyoming montana the dakotas they weren't very strict and wasn't as big of a deal now i know very low dense population areas right Mm -hmm. but florida Florida's almost just as big as New York and California. Like, the amount of people there, anyways, right? 
Now, there might be substantially more people in New York and California, but the pop- like population density-wise, right? Sure. They have very densely populated areas. And, I mean, let's be real here. You can't keep the floor, floor man down at all. But, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, they did like a two- or three-week flat-in-the-curb thing. Like we all did. And then mm-hmm. we were like, okay, well, we signed up for two to three weeks, so peace, y'all. And they've pretty much been open the entire time. Yeah. You know, like, I think last summer, they were just like, screw it. Like, my dad's talking about moving to Florida now. Well, he went down there. Uh, I know a couple, I have a couple friends that are talking about going on vacation uh, down to Florida soon because it's open. They're like, we'll take your money. We know you want to spend it here. <laughs> it's warm. Well, actually, I don't know. I, I I know I don't know if you've been paying attention to the weather. Little side note, I'll, I'll get back to COVID. But uh, Texas got hit with a pretty nasty snowstorm in the last oh, couple days. Yeah. There's a big. Uh... So Florida might be nasty right now. I haven't checked out Florida weather, but. Um, well, let's look. Yeah. Let, Let's find out what the weather's like in Florida right now. But, uh, Florida yeah, wasn't 80 any... in Miami. Oh, okay. Well, all right. So, Florida's still warm. I kind of want to go there because it's what, 10 degrees here, maybe? Yeah. It's sunny, though. It is sunny. Yeah. But, Florida See, wasn't hit any even harder. <laughs> Dude, even though it's so cold outside, the snow on the road still melted. I know. It's That's cra- wild. Yeah, dude. No, that is crazy. Um, Florida wasn't hit any harder than California or New York. Yeah. So, maybe not make such brass decisions like make half your state go unemployed. Did you see that uh, an aide for Cuomo just apologized for burying the uh, nursing home numbers with COVID? What? Yeah. Um, It it was an article on the New York Post. uh, And they... I forget her name. I think it's Sarah D. something. Could be way wrong on that, but that's that's sticking out for some reason. But yeah, man. Uh, so a lot of people were saying they sent a bunch of COVID positive patients into nursing homes. Right. Yeah. Well, and then it kind of got buried. People quit talking about it. I don't. Maybe it's the Democrats and liberal news quit talking about it. Um, gotcha. But <laughs> she was apologizing to federal prosecutors. Uh, I believe the article was saying. Um, actually, here, I let me pull this up real quick. Um, that would be crazy, dude. Yeah. Hold on. Because like if. I mean, I've heard this story quite a few times. So, like, I like I believe the validity of the fact that they sent COVID-positive patients to nursing homes where 
more people could get it and die. And so in was, fact did. I was wrong on the name, so this is an article from the New York Post. It says Cuomo aide Melissa De Rosa I was right about the D though. Uh, admits they hid nursing home data so feds wouldn't find out. Uh, <coughs> Governor Andrew Cuomo's top aide privately apologized to Democratic lawmakers for withholding the state's nursing home death toll from COVID-19, telling them, we froze out of fear that the true numbers would be used against us by federal prosecutors. The Post has learned. Um so they made a mistake and then we're trying to escape accountability that's pretty much what that said yeah but like that's more than just making a mistake oh no that's absolutely making a mistake it was just a terribly fatal mistake yeah like how is Cuomo not being criminally prosecuted for this that's what I want to know no like, he- I mean, you have every right to... Officially, yeah. It's a mistake, but then if you try to to bury it and lie about it... Well... That's criminal, you know? Like, they impeached Clinton for that back in the 90s. He said, I did not have sex with that woman. Turns out he did have sex with that woman, and he was impeached for it. So, yeah... If you're lying under oath, and look, man, this might not be the law as it stands, but <laughs> if the governor is talking in an official capacity at a press conference, mm-hmm. that seems like pretty sworn in, like, perjurable offense if you lie at one of those things. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. That <laughs> is perjury, right? You so. think so? Like, he's officially acting as the governor holding a press conference, right? Like, I mean, you get my logic in that thinking. Oh, absolutely. So, I don't know, man. And, <laughs> well, and, and this, and this kind of goes back to my opinion on the impeachment stuff and just, like, overall accountability when we talk about our elected officials. Because mm-hmm. if we're going to raise the bar for Trump, we raised the bar for Andrew Cuomo or Chris Cuomo or whatever. It's Andrew, right? Andrew's yeah, Andrew's the governor. governor. Chris, Chris is the, the uh, news anchor. Yeah. So yep. um, if we're going to raise the bar for Trump, we raise the bar for Cuomo. And if we raise the bar for him, we raise the bar for all of them. And so that, – but that's the problem. That's the hypocrisy with our two-party system and the way that it functions. Rules for thee but not for me? Absolutely. And – I mean, that goes back to our electoral system and how it's it's set up to be first past the post. And then when you lose, you don't actually get any representation within the functional government. And that that's a problem in and of itself as well. well yeah, you got 51% dictating what the other 49% doing, basically. Well, especially when you talk about the president. And the executive branch. Well, and if you only have two parties, if the if one party has fifty one percent and is in control, the other forty nine percent doesn't cease to exist. Right. 
and then the vice versa, you know. Right. So, <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right on the electoral process with that. And then into the electoral process, you know, we, you and I have had numerous conversations about the electoral college. Sure. And we really, if we're going to keep it, which I'm a proponent for, but if 37% vote one way, then 37% of the electoral votes go that way. Yeah. If 25% vote another way, those 25% go. Yeah. And then you would... I. I would tend to think, right, if you have <laughs> three or four candidates, right, for president, Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, and the Green Party. Those are basically the four major, though, again, the like I was saying earlier, the Libertarians, 2%, 3% of the vote maybe this time. I don't, I don't think they got 1% this time. I don't think they did either. Um, I know the Green Party most certainly didn't this time. It, like, Jill Stein was actually a pretty solid candidate, I thought. I uh, didn't agree with everything. Not this time around, but Jill Stein was a Green Party candidate in 2016, yeah. if you remember. Yep. yep. <laughs> and, like, Gary Johnson did really well. So did Jill Stein. Mm-hmm. But I think you could end the monopolization of the two-party system with the Republicans and Democrats if you had a representative electoral college, like, you know, the founders set up. Well, and it's not just that. You know, <laughs> you, you, need to, you need to devise and do a little bit of restructuring and modernize the way that our our government functions in and of itself based off the electoral process. So when we talk about like you said the president, you know the 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 fact that the the vice president is not the guy who comes in second is a problem in my opinion because if you're talking about proportional representation and how the executive branch should function shouldn't the there be a, another representative that functions as the 49%er so, that doesn't have all the power so but, we tried that some dudes got shot and they figured out that was a bad idea pretty early on no i know that but but that's why. No, I'm so, like I get what you're saying, and I I would tend to agree with you. But we tried that in a much less civilized time. Not that we shouldn't try it again, but it didn't work out so well. I guess is what I'm saying. Like not that it couldn't be tried now, right? Because right. we're a little more civilized. Well, than, and maybe you could do away with the president altogether, president and vice president altogether, and you just put two guys in there that hold equal or proportional power to first and second place because i mean either way something's got to change it, man well you can't you can't say 49% don't get a say 
Yeah, well, in the executive branch. Yeah, that's, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I definitely do. That's like, like I said, those people don't cease to exist, and you can't, like, uh, I think six or seven weeks ago, towards uh, one of the first couple podcasts we did, I said, I think you're going to see a red scare, McCarthy era witch hunt with Republicans, and. We're kind of seeing that right now. And I just don't think the American people, impeachment has lost its effectiveness when you have all these witch hunts. Instead of trying to work together, nothing actually gets done. And then you have Joe Biden with however many executive orders she's issued at this point. Last week it was 40-something, or that's what all the media outlets were saying, and we weren't actually able to figure out if uh, the federal, how often the Federal Registrar was updated because they were saying, like, 20. I think 21, actually, is what Shakes found. Um <laughs> But if, you, if if Congress isn't willing to do its job and come to some compromises and, and work together, you're just going to see executive orders. And then as soon as you get another guy in there that doesn't like the stuff, oh, okay, well, this executive order is done away. Yeah. Yeah, that's not right. That says 30. But, no, I, I mean, I hear you, and I think there's a problem with the way that that executive order functions in the first place, but, you know, that that goes back to what we were just talking about and the electoral process and how, you know, it, it, it I'm not even sure it should function that way. Ideally, I think it probably should be that there's three parties and you get that representation in all three branches of government somehow. And so you have three guys in in the executive branch that represent all three parties and get a proportional say in whatever decisions are made, whether that be 59% to, you know, 41 or and then zero, or it be, you know, 20, 20, and 60. Yeah, you I know? mean... So... It, I would... I would don't have a good answer for you. I'm going to have to sit and ponder because I do like that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I think logistically you might have a problem with like, okay, you kind of just want one guy in charge. But I get like, I that is a good idea. Like I do like that. I, well, I think when you have one guy in charge, you risk because – like we talked about in our first podcast, you have like family dynasties that are kind of like ruling. Yeah. And it, you know, it's not meant to be that way. No, it's definitely not. And when you talk about just being able to kind of divvy up and give a slice to a set of ideals that, and, and give it, 
idea and a sense of voice yeah. in that functioning of government to the 10% or the 15% or whatever, you know, then you can create coalitions for things sure. and, and it's a more uh, cooperative government. We have to work together because, you know, it's not a system that makes it to where if I get 51%, you lose and we're done. So I yeah, need well, to make you my enemy. Yeah, that's you get what not, I'm saying? Yeah, no, I definitely in, do because that's not representation. Well, no, and inherently the, it, the function is to make us political enemies at uh, this point. Yeah, I You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Because I really do. If, if I beat you, then you don't get a say at all. And so it incentivizes me demonizing you because I don't have to work with you at all later down the road. You're done. You don't have, you're not you don't get a say in the government. Right. Whereas if you have party representatives kind of like a parliamentary system but americanized. Yeah. Then you have a a set of leaders that have to create coalitions because if you want to to get anything passed, well, if you're 40% and I'm 15%, we could overpower the third guy. In, in his say, if we work together. Yeah. So, and that would that would create a more cooperative system. Right. Well, so. and how often have I asked you to listen to something or sent you an article, hey, read this, tell me what you think. This is what I'm thinking. Or just even sitting here right now outside of the podcast. Hey, man, heard this. Kind of thinking about this. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't have all the answers. Yeah. And that's what I was talking about with like the one-party rule. You got to have somebody to say, hold your horses, buddy. Like, let's walk through this real quick. Yeah. You know, here's where I can agree with you. I mm-hmm. think you're making some good points. This is where you're totally... Uh, crazy and you should probably ax it sure and with the adversarial system that we have everybody's enemies yes you know uh, uh when it comes time to football season and i hate the fact that i have to use sports analogies towards the government but i think it really is the most analogous uh, um, comparison that you come up with. Mm-hmm. Look, man, in football season, don't come at me with that Green Bay Packers stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll fight you. Like, you're right. my enemy. Absolutely. You know, out, outside of football, you could be the nicest dude in the world. Mm-hmm. But, like, no, during football season, I'm not trying to see that Green Bay Packer nonsense. Like, Detroit Lions... Most years they suck, so well, and I come from a family of Bears fans, so like I, I can even yeah, and even in our media, it's right down the middle: Fox News, conservative, The Blaze, uh, Breitbart. It's that's all conservative. CNN, MSNBC, Vox, uh, yeah, or Fusion. I, I'm uh, sorry, yeah, all left wing media. So it's like you know, even down to our media and how we consume it 
it's incredibly adversarial, exactly. <laughs> and you the know, truth you, doesn't have a conservative or li- the truth is the truth, man. Absolutely. Now you can spin that truth, which is what they do and why they do it, but I'm not trying to hear this two party nonsense with the truth. Yeah. Like, it is so unhealthy and dysfunctional for us as a whole to have conservative news and liberal news. Like, that's not good. No. And I don't... I think you and I and are some of the few individuals that actually see the problem with it. Like... Most people think that's totally fine that we have liberal news and conservative news. You know, now if I'm listening to some podcast or something and I want to know other people's opinions, okay, then yeah, we can get into, you know, conservative topics, liberal topics, right? Sure, but, no, absolutely. But to have, like, this is the gospel. This is the truth. No, that's bad that that we have conservative news and liberal news. No, for sure. (laughs) I I try to pay attention to them all, but it's like, they're so drastically different. Well, and so... With with the same stuff. Well, and... It's so, you know, both of both sides of it is so incredibly biased, and so it's it leaves you feeling like, man, I don't know how to think about this. Like, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, even if I have a gut feeling on whatever it is that's being reported, it's like, uh, you know, I feel like I'm being programmed to feel this way. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It, well, it's, so I used to follow the Free Thought Project. Um, they're an independent news organization. Um, and by organization, I mean, really, it was just kind of like a bunch of independent bloggers, um, putting the news out. Right. Sure. And there's a guy named Matt Agorist. Now, very talented writer. And I do have a lot of respect for Matt Agoras because he was covering, and the Free Thought Project covered a lot of the police brutality stuff. Sure. And police shootings. and But about halfway through most of his articles, you're like, okay, Matt, take out your bias and finish the article. Like, you're putting out good information, but normies, a.k.a. normal people... They're only willing to follow you so far. And, like, you could tell he was a more anarcho type, right? Sure. And, again, nothing wrong with those. In fact, I don't know how many times I've actually argued for anarchy talking to you. Right. So, got a lot of anarcho views here, but talking to other people... People will follow you down on that train only for so long. Right. They're inevitably going to jump. And present the information. 
don't have a bias and let people think for themselves. Like, you don't have to tell me how to feel about it. Like, right. I'm already, if I'm reading your information, I'm already wanting to know about police brutality. I'm already wanting to know about the wars in the Middle East. I'm already wanting to know about the drug wars, right? Yeah. You don't have, I already know it's bad, but you don't have to tell me why it's bad. (laughs) Sensationalize it. Yeah. And that's what he did a lot. And, uh, again, really talented writer, but we have way too much sensationalization in all things. For sure. Well, that's how you get clicks. Yeah. Unfortunately. And it's a system set up to get clicks. You know, that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and I, I mean, I feel like we talk about it all the time, but it's because it affects so much stuff. And like, I don't know, man. It seems to me like we're heading into even darker times than we were last year. And not because the Democrats are controlling everything, but because society is still so divisive right now. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that was bringing us all together, the Wall Street bets, they shut that down, dude. In fact, have you, I know it, it always bothered, it always bothers me a lot when I stop seeing stuff on social media, mm-hmm. like a week afterwards. Now, I know we have short attention spans, don't get me wrong, right? And not that the information's totally disappeared. But, two weeks ago, that's all everybody was talking about. Oh yeah, and it's not like that no more. No. So, it's almost like, oh, hey, put out some new memes, guys. They're becoming undistracted. And by they, I mean, you know, we the people. Right. (laughs) And why is it that Wall Street bets is not being talked about anymore? Why is it that the federal government stepped in and said, no, Robin Hood, either you shut it down or... Uh, we're going to shut it down for you. Like, I believe uh, the SEC came in and uh, told Robin Hood, like, uh, if you don't stop people from purchasing this or whatever, we're, uh, we're not going to let you get this loan. Because I think they needed a loan of, like... Uh, they didn't have enough cash. It was one of the biggest problems, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so, stuff sticks around for a couple days. And I really hope, I don't think this is going to happen. But I really hope now that Trump's been impeached for the second time and found not guilty for the second time by the Senate. Maybe we can start focusing on some of the stuff Joe Biden's doing and what we have going on right now. Like, I know Donald Trump was our president before, and not that that's not important, but literally he can't hurt you anymore, guys. Like, <sighs> well, 
I don't think that's necessarily true because the results of his actions can hurt or help us continuously or on a continuum from his administration. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't necessarily think it's true that he can't hurt us or help us. Still, at this point, he still has an enormous amount of influence over the people who supported him, and um, I don't think we've heard the last of Donald Trump. I do, though, and I'll tell you why we've heard the last of Donald Trump. From Donald Trump, anyways. I think news media is still going to talk about him. He's not on Twitter. He's not on Facebook. They shut down Parler. He's never going to get another uh, TV deal again. New York has canceled all of his contracts that he had. He's got what? He's got money. He can go other places, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's going to, like, suffer. I I think they really torched Donald Trump to the ground. Like, there's no way he can communicate with people anymore. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I mean he could start his own uh television sh- uh network. But then again, Comcast, DirecTV and a couple other media outlets are pulled out um campaign donations to Republicans who uh contested the vote. Well, on the sixth. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, 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 I tend to disagree with you. I think we, we will hear more from Donald Trump at some point, but um, in what capacity is a question, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I think maybe he tries to run in 2024. I, like I said, he's got massive influence still. So, but... Hey, man, I, d- I don't really have much more to touch on. So. I got one more thing. Yeah? What's Started up? watching The Boys. What's that? On uh, Amazon Prime, it's a, a show about superheroes. Okay. And it's a very realistic take on superheroes as far as, like, uh, they all work for this big company called Vought. Multi-trillion dollar corporation, right? Mm-hmm. That, like, has influence over the CIA and Homeland Security and, like, they brought in the DOJ. And uh, for those of you who haven't checked it out yet, check it out. Like, like I said, man, it's the most realistic take. Like, uh, the main guy, Homelander, well, not the main guy, but uh, Homelander basically has all the same powers as Superman. Okay. But this dude was raised in a lab, and it's kind of crazy. And by kind of crazy, I mean the dude's pretty crazy and uh, egocentric and a real jerk. (laughs) And, like, uh, you know, man, I just feel like if superheroes were going to be real, this show portrays, like, how they actually would be. Right. And uh, they have super terrorists. 
We got superheroes in the military. Like, I don't know, man. I, I've, I've been watching it the last couple weeks, and it's... You know, they say the media reflects the culture, right? Yeah. And... Are all of our, our ideals and our heroes, are they evil, man? Like, are, are they turning evil? Like, have they let us down? Um, I think that when we talk about how people think, um, in what we put value in teaching children. And I'm not a parent, so I'm really talking about my rear end here. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, it seems that as a culture, based on everything that I've read and understood, that we've moved away from a culture that values virtue like cultivating virtue and character and and how you know uh, abiding by these values and principles makes us therefore virtuous mm-hmm. and instead we just taught or uh, told children do this instead of teaching children why it's important to do this. Okay. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like there is great value and personal responsibility of cultivating because when we talk cuz we can say on a in a nature setting that there's a there's no difference between good and bad. There is no moral compass sure. when a wolf takes down a deer and oh, eats its eat. carcass, right? Yeah. Like, that's, there's no morality there. Like, they don't... That doesn't exist. Yeah. And so, when we talk about um, cultivating those things within ourselves as human beings, we need to be uh, very cognizant of these virtues and the fact that we need to walk a journey of cultivating them for the sole reason of it's good for yourself and society as a whole. And when we talk about in human beings in a social setting, there is a good and bad. Because if I say, cold water, you're a, a very honest and noble gentleman. Mm-hmm. Those are good qualities, right? Nobody could argue with me and say, "No, I I want cold water to be uh, deceitful and and yeah. you get what I'm saying." Yeah. Like, so those are good virtuous qualities to have and maintain, and and I think that there's something important to be said for uh, that. And then, like we've said, the government's run by people, right? And so by extension of that, I think when you talk about the government and how it, it manages those resources, it manages it in a way that says 
do this, but we're not, I'm not going to tell you why it's important to do this. Um, I, I do this, but I'm not going to teach you in a way that, you know, hey, if you cultivate this ideal, this will bring you success and happiness. That's that's not what our government does. No, it's just it's, about how they can sell you something. And 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 even our education, it's it's the most important things you learn in in educational settings have nothing to do with math or science or any reading even. Like obviously reading is an important and incredibly valuable skill, but when we talk about being the most valuable skills that you have, it's the the, the social ones, mm -hmm. like it's the ones that we have between one another, yeah. because as a human being, that's our we evolved to be social creatures, so that's kind of I think what the answer to the question is is the government by extension of what we are as human beings have taken out the of the equation the part that's that used to be the most valuable thing uh in human society i think that's what made like the greeks and the romans so great is they valued those ideals they valued to strive even if it wasn't something that they could do all the time because they knew that we were flawed but if you worked to strive for those things and cultivate those ideals, a lot of times it becomes a habit that you strive to continue to do because you feel that it brings you joy and you happiness. And the studies say that it does. So that's kind of how I feel about that. Sorry, I kind of went on a rant. No, you're good. And on that, I got like 70 more things. <laughs> Gonna be here till tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, did you hear about um, Mandalorian star Gina? Yeah, I did. Want to know your thoughts on that? Um, personally, I mean, I don't agree with her opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's what that is—is is an opinion and we can say that her opinion is abhorrent and, you know, uh, uh, completely outright outrageous. But to me, it's like, no, like, let's have a conversation with her and let's talk to her about why we disagree with her opinion. Uh, I don't think it's, well, she deserves to lose her job and lose her status as an actor. I, I disagree with this idea that you know, people should be this uh, monolith that, you know, can do no wrong. I, I think that's a really flawed and, and disingenuous take on any of our celebrities as people. Because when we look at our actions and what you and I do on a day-to-day -day basis... We, you and I make mistakes regularly and we are flawed as human beings oh, and yeah. we don't always have the right answers and we've made mistakes on this podcast and we've said not the best things or we've maybe minced it the wrong way or whatever but we're not afraid to be wrong and I don't think anybody should be so I, I, I think it's wrong that she loses her 
place and standing and and that we as a culture have decided that it's okay to take away things from people who we say things that we disagree with i think we need to be having conversations with these people if we disagree with them and explain to them why we disagree with them well so i agree with just about everything you said Mm -hmm. um My whole thing is, is you're literally canceling an actress for having an opinion, but she's getting paid by a company that makes their money off the backs of slave labor. Oh, a hundred percent. And blood money. And dude, they CGI'd out the Uyghur Muslim slave camps out of Mulan. So like... Well, not only that, but... I don't really understand the play by Disney. Agree with her or disagree with her? It doesn't really really matter, yeah. You've CGI'd out slave camps, dude. So, like... Well, we know where Disney gets a lot of its money, and it, it... is kind of in bed with, and I'm not watching Star Wars anymore, and I'm boycotting Disney. <laughs> like, but I've been on that tip for a couple months now. Like, this was before her uh, getting fired, because you know what? I mean, she's an actress. Like, I but, think they could probably get anybody to play that. Well, no, for sure. But I, I, I just disagree with that on principle, man. I think you know when we talk to people, we don't have to agree with them, but we have to. As long as they are actively attacking, as in bringing physical harm or inciting other people to bring physical harm to you, I don't necessarily think that we should be taking away people's livelihoods because we disagree with what they they think. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. So... But yeah, man, with that, I, I got nothing else. All right, man. It's been fun, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm JR. This is Coldwater. Thanks for listening. Mad America, good luck. You're going to need it.